Welcome to another episode of Artist to Artist presented by Artist Republic. Today we are talking to Dakota Riley, who is an up-and-coming soul pop singer-songwriter out of Nashville. Dakota blends Motown with its soul motifs with old and new school pop sounds to create a vibrant blend that is uniquely her. Her lyrics are as honest as she is. When performing in front of a live audience, her personality shines through. More than anything, Dakota aims to be a relatable through her music and her platform. Also, don't forget, if you like this week's episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and stay till the end of the episode to see what amazing prize you'll get from Christian if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. With that being said, let's get it started. What? Hello. 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 I think it's the headphones. I think the headphones <laughs> are on. I put them on because they're doing like construction in my apartment building and I didn't want you guys to hear like, you know what I mean? Yeah. As nice as that ambiance is. <laughs> I know. What's I know up, how guys? What's Not, going on? Yeah. <laughs> Not much. Not much. Trying to wake up. <laughs> yeah. What time is it out there? What is it? It's almost 11 for you, Nick. It is 11 for you. Oh, it's noon. Oh, where are you? It's noon. Okay. Are you in New York? Where are you? Uh, yeah, I'm in Rhode Island. Okay. So like mini okay. New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. The better, the better Massachusetts, I like yes. to call it. You yes. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love I love my Providence, Rhode Island. It's my little, my little mob town. It's great. It's like a mini New yeah. York. Uh, you, you don't have oh, to yeah. traffic, but you got, you know, all the same amenities, basically. Um, and you're like 30 so let me minutes ask. Deep. Absolutely. And <laughs> are you a Patriots fan? I am not. I am an, I am an Eagles fan, actually. Oh, okay. There's, not, there's, not, there's not many of us out here, but... Uh, <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> there's, there's a few and we're proud. <laughs> Okay. All right. That's fine. You know what? I'm a Giants fan. I can't really talk. Um, you know, they have not been doing so well. Yeah, my, well. Uh, my papa's a Giants fan. And every time he, there's, a, there's an Eagles-Giants game, he always texts me like halfway through the first quarter. He's like, I'm turning my TV off. You guys already won. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah. See ya. I like don't even wear the merch anymore. It's bad. I really should. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so I mean, kicking it off. Um, welcome, obviously. Thank you for thank hopping you. on. Um, you know, awesome to be here. Awesome to pull more Nashville talent. Um, still got to get my my little butt down to Nashville. Uh, yes. And uh, but yeah, so tell tell us a little bit about kind of your journey, your story, um, and yeah. about like, you as an artist. Yeah. Um, okay. So. When I was growing up, I was an athlete, um, played anything from soccer to horseback riding to softball to track. Softball was my main sport, but um, basically I always was also in drama and I was also Mm -hmm. in like theater. And so I kind of had two different worlds going on. Um, And then when when I was about 12, 13, I started taking guitar and piano and voice lessons. I always liked to sing. Um, and so my mom's like, you know, you should take some lessons. And then I would come home from school and my friend, uh, got me a like hand-me-down keyboard. It's an electric keyboard. I still have it. Um, and I would come home and just kind of by ear, just feel some stuff out. And I wrote a lot of poems. And so my mom's like, you know, one day I was like 13. She's like, you should put it together. Um, I saw this songwriting camp at Purchase College in New York 
you should try to go. It was like a summer three week, I think intensive kind of thing. I'm like, all right, well, everyone's going to be older than me, but I might as well go and kind of try it out. And I fell in love with it. I absolutely, I was like, I don't want to do sports in college. I want to do music like full blown. I upped my lessons. I had like a songwriting, um, I had songwriting lessons. I had singing lessons and I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, and so luckily we found Belmont and I ended up coming here 2015, came to Belmont, uh, got into the songwriting program, luckily, and kind of started my journey that way. So it was, it was really interesting. I, um, I always thought I was going to do sports and I kind of was just taken by surprise by music and how much I loved it and how much I like, you know, would give up anything for it. And so I'm glad that I got into the program because otherwise I don't know how, you know, I would have been here. So yeah, so that's kind of the gist of it, but. (laughs) I like that. I like that. So, I mean, here's, here's a question because going back to, it's funny you mentioned like theater. I, I mean, I've been in the arts my whole life. I like to say I'm, yeah. I'm in the music industry because I can never be an artist myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I went to theater school and then for high school, mm-hmm. actually, and then um, went wow. to college for business. Um, and okay. so, and for me, it's always been like, okay, theater has helped me so much in business um, because yeah. it's helped me with, you know, presentations and stage presence and confidence, you know, all that stuff you get from, learning the theater trade. And so like, what would you say has helped you across being an athlete, being a theater person, has that kind of personality traits helped you be a music artist? I think, and I will always say this and stand by this, that I think, I think you're right about the confidence with theater. Um, I love to sing and I, I did dance, you know, growing up, but it was never like, let's act and let's memorize. And so when I did a couple like small productions, it was like, whoa, I am this role. No one else is going to play that role for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, you know, theater, I kind of fizzled out with the theater. But when I was a kid, I loved it. And I loved being on stage. And it gave me kind of like a purpose when I was up there having a role and having, you know, songs that you would learn. Um, I think that every kid, whether it's a sport or, you know, theater, having some purpose that like, you know, only you can do a good job of that that gave me a lot of confidence. And what was great is my town put on, you know, multiple different performances. So there was uh, like a Wizard of Oz performance that I signed up at like a community church and things like that. So I think when it's accessible, it's great too. Um, I think though that my personality to this day would be so different without sports. And that's why I try to stay involved, um, stay, you know, one day I definitely want to like give back to the sports community somehow just because it taught me so much. It taught me hard work. It taught me that, you know, people are always going to be better than you, but that's no excuse for them to work harder than you do. Um, It's not just about you. It's about your team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is, that is select per sport, but I also did very individualistic sports and it was still, that was the goal track, you know, you run by yourself, but that's the goal. You want points for your team. Horseback riding is the same thing. You want points for your stable and your people. So it's, and, and that plays into music too. It's like the confidence to lift other people up and you're not just by yourself. You're working with producers mm-hmm. and songwriters. And so I think like sports overall, I mean, drama helped and theater helped, but I think sports to this day, like I would not be where I am confidence wise too. Oh yeah. And 
Yeah. So that kind of plays into the whole, you know, teamwork aspect of it too, right? You know, where you're working, you're working with, you know, a great management team and Mm -hmm. um, being able to kind of communicate your wants and needs to them is really important, um, especially coming from uh, a small like management background myself. It's, you need to be able to communicate with the managers in order for them Mm -hmm. to help lift you up even higher. Um, yes. So my question with that is, you know, how how do you see, you know, your artist to management relationship and what are the things that you look for in a manager? So when I look at management, I don't think it's ever someone that is doing a job for me. They're doing the job with me. And if we're not both working equally as hard, then we're not going to accomplish the goals that we both want. So when I look at management, I look at, okay, is this person willing to not only collaborate with me and take my ideas, but also to say, let's shut you down right here because we're a team and you don't just call the shots and I don't just call the shots. You know what I mean? I think it's Mm -hmm. when you're growing up in the music industry and before I went to Belmont, when you think of, you know, managers, you're like, oh, they just, you know, boss the artist around, Mm -hmm. which is not the case. When, and when I look at management, I'm like, okay, I want this person to put me in my place, but I also want us to be able to have conversations where it's like, hey, you know, we could be doing this and we could be doing that. Or we could be working harder at this. Um, and also just someone that's realistic can be like a good hang is, you know, understands what's going on in my personal life too. Um, I think that's really important when you're working so close with someone for them to know a lot about you and then knowing you know, why that hard work has maybe gotten off track a little bit, but being able to understand that and push you from a place of empathy and push you from a place of, I truly care about you as a person. So I lucked out. I lucked out with my manager because she has all of those things. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And we actually just had her episode um, of our podcast come out yesterday. Um, Yep. Savannah Alde. So if, you know, whoever's listening hasn't right. listened to that one, go, go take yes. a listen. She's, she's, she is an absolute powerhouse of a human. She being. is. <laughs> she <laughs> is. I could not have said it better. <laughs> so I'm actually going to ask you a question that kind of actually goes to the opposite of what I asked uh, Savannah, which is, um, and it came to my mind because one of my friends uh, is down in Tampa and she came to me the other day and was like, Nick, I really want to go into artist management. Like, do you think I should do that? And I was talking to her and I was like, well, one of the biggest things I, I told her, I was like, look, you have a big advantage that you can kind of use to. I was like, there's not many power women in management. And I was like, use that to your advantage. And so my question for you is being a female artist working with a female manager, how do you think that has benefits? Mm, let me just... <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you see it in country music and you see it in the music industry all the time. I mean, everyone has always said it um, that in most cases, you do not see women dominating the charts, you know, dominating the management world, dominating really any business entity that there is. Um, And so I think for me, I obviously appreciate girl power. I was, you know, growing up around a lot of strong women, grandma, mom, you know, you name it, friends. And and I've always also felt more motivated around, you know, if we're doing the same thing, if we kind of have that same understanding, Mm -hmm. it feels more powerful to me. Not that I wouldn't have functioned well with uh, a male manager. I think I would have, you know, also, but it's important that 
there's just this kind of understanding, I think, in the industry, because you do know that like, you're the underdog in most situations. That's just kind of how it's been. Um, and, you know, and I think it's gotten better in the pop world and R&B and things like that. But, you know, country music is still taking its time with it. And yeah. there are powerhouses, but unfortunately they have not dominated the charts. And so in any way that we can, that I can, that Savannah can, like we want to be those people. And what was great is at Belmont, um, there was a seminar with Julia Michaels and her manager, who's a woman. Um, and I mean, I was like, if I can have that one day, I'm set. Cause they just, she just doesn't take any BS and really helps Julia and understands Julia and pushes Julia. And I was like, this is, there, there's nothing better than that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, no, it's a big question. Like I've talked about yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, I think there's a couple things to it. I think in the direct management, client-manager relationship, just like mm -hmm. a male manager understands a male artist, a female manager understands a female artist, and there's that understanding and connection that makes it cohesive and successful. Um, mm -hmm. And But there's the other side thing of the complex of a male manager versus a female manager. And this is something that, like, I've stood about big time. And more recently, we're actually, we haven't announced it yet, but we're going to be announcing um, actually the COO of Artist Republic is going to be a woman. And this was something that oh, cool. I was talking to investors in the start. I was like, look, my COO is going to be a woman. I was like, because yeah. when you get the dimensions of a man and a woman, I was like, they think differently, they run differently. And that's what makes a successful team. Um, yeah. And having that, you know, different understanding dynamics of risk and execution and stuff like that. So it's, it's always something interesting to me that I like to ask Maybe it's just to, you yeah. know, reaffirm my hypothesis. Um, but, you know, I think it's interesting to get people's views on that um, because it is, it is true. You know, men and women think yeah. differently. And when you're able to build that in a cohesive relationship, that's when success happens. Um, so Absolutely. That is really, um, all right, Christian, yeah. I'll pass it off back to you now that I've done my science. <laughs> study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and you know, I, I agree with both of you guys wholeheartedly, you know, I think these, these kinds of conversations, right, where we talk about, you know, um, empowerment in women and, you know, and across a wide variety of things, you know, there's not as much representation as there should be. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's important to talk about this kind of stuff in a public forum, um, because without talking about it, nothing would change, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you've seen in the last, you know, 10, 20 years, you know, with um, more and more representation coming into the music industry, more women taking power, uh, power roles mm -hmm. and managers and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, and somebody as myself who was raised and surrounded by really strong, powerful women, it's one of those things yeah. where, um, you know, it's just cool to see, right? You know, yeah. as as somebody who hasn't been able to make it up to a point where I can have a direct control of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's mm -hmm. nice to sit here and have this conversation and yeah. kind of start and to make those wheels turn. Especially yeah. in the music industry. Like you have yes. an industry that has a lot of women artists and a lot of multicultural artists, mm -hmm. yet you have agencies and companies that are run by old white dudes. <laughs> and it's like this is Absolutely. not representative of yeah. where we are even going like no what <laughs> like no. yeah like how many agencies actually have a board of directors with a female or someone who's not white 
<laughs> like, yeah, it's true. That is, it's that so is true. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, sorry, sorry to really get off topic. Wow. No, I, I agree with really you. Really deep for all the listeners. Um, I, I agree with you. I think too, like where you grow up is so important because, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing up right outside of New York City, it's like a cesspool of everyone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, there are countless times, like my, my grandmother, she lived in Brooklyn. She and I would go into like a supermarket and she would start speaking Spanish to someone. And that was just something that she was like, I picked up because I wanted to learn it because it's, it's another language that people speak in this country and in New York. And it's like, you know, that was just one example. My, my dad's parents had foster kids and, you know, and they were not white and it doesn't matter. It never mattered. You know what I meant? You know what I mean? Just because there's so many people in New York, no one bats an eye to that kind of stuff. And so when you see it in the industry, especially with the way the world is moving, you're, I'm kind of like, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, why has it not been that way? Because yeah. I've grown up that way. Yeah. But, but that's not the case for, you know, everyone. I just feel lucky to have come from a very diverse, progressive type yeah. of place. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The whole East Coast is just a melting pot of just everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is. It is interesting. You have a you have a music industry that is artist that is diverse, and yet the people that run it are not diverse. Right. Um, right. And that is that is interesting. And there's so many factors that play into that. Um, but diversity question for you is: so you're sure. from New York, um, and mm-hmm. you're in Nashville now, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So been here for five as, years. Yeah. As a music artist. Yeah. Difference between Nashville. New York and your trajectories of success? Like, which do you think is a in better terms place? Of, in terms of what? Like your trajectory to growing your career. Um, like how have you seen that Nash- being in Nashville has helped you grow your career or not helped you grow? I think that being in Nashville has had a really homey feel to it and it's easy to get to know people everyone wants to talk everyone wants to help each other out everyone wants to collaborate they'll let you in to meetings or they'll you know respond to your email or they'll take your calls um and especially within like my small community that is artists and writers and people like grinding trying to make it in the music industry you know there are people that have reached out to me and i'm like yeah let's set up a right i've never met you on dms you know but let's set up a right i think that it's it's small enough where it's definitely growing but it is small enough where when you get to a certain point everyone wants to collaborate um and and the attitude is not you know i'm too good or you know i'm too busy and i don't think that's the new york attitude either but i do think it's harder to find a small community like that in new york the goal is to, my goal has always been to split the time. I love New York. I want to end up there. I want to live there. And I want my career to kind of take me so I can do rights in New York and sessions in New York, perform there, come to Nashville for a week, do that, go to LA. I haven't been to LA a lot, but I do know people that are out there and some of my best friends are moving there for music. Just kind of split the time. Yeah. Um, because I think that that means that you are collaborating with a bunch of different people, a lot of different backgrounds where they got their start is different. Um, and so, but Nashville has definitely helped to kind of like section that down and yeah. help me meet the people. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if I stayed in New York. I think I met, yeah. I mean, my community has grown so much since I've been here. So yeah, definitely it was a good move. 
So, and then going off that, my last question before I pass it back to Christian, because I know I've been owning the mic over here, uh, <laughs> is you kind of got into college. You're like, look, I'm going to go and be a music artist. And a lot of independent mm. artists. Songwriter, actually. Okay, songwriter. So yeah. a, lot of people go, a lot of people go the other way where they're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a finance degree or an accounting degree or a marketing uh -huh. degree, and then I'm going to figure out music on the side. And I feel like a lot of people do that because they're like, I don't want to disappoint my parents. And there's this stigma <laughs> in America, really just America, yeah. of an artist is not a respectable job until you actually make it. Um, and so That's my question to you is, when you dove off that cliff, what did your like what did you say to your family where artists out there that are thinking the same thing will now get the inspiration yeah. to kind of you know balance the same thing wow that's such a good question um i'm very very fortunate mm -hmm. i came from a background where my dad actually taught me the saying that i just said like there are going to be people that are better than you but no one has the excuse to work harder than you do and i think he truly has lived by that his entire life my mom and dad are very hard-working people both came from mm -hmm. you know blue collar type brooklyn and staten island before staten island was even it was like farms <laughs> when my dad lived there but i think that i i'm lucky in that my dad said to me you know when i was playing sports and stuff he said if this is not what you want to do that's totally fine i would so much rather you struggle and you figure it out with something that you want to do, then go take a job out of college and in something that you don't want to do and be miserable for your life. Because I think my dad holds a reserve um, even still that he would have been a coach if he could, if he would have been tried to do college football or probably beyond. And so his aspiration for us has always been pursue something that you love yeah. and you will never work a day in your life. Yeah. And I don't think that that is something that is learned when you're that young. And I always, you know, I guess when I was younger, I'm like, well, I don't know how I'm going to make money, but I know that I can't do anything else because I wouldn't be happy. And that's just what I learned. And so, you know, I took that with me and they've helped me and it's definitely not the easy path. You know what I mean? I, I think it's obviously I'm lucky that I learned that, but it's also, it's not all glitter and gold either. Yep. Um, and when you do make that decision, you are giving up a nine to five. You are giving up something that's comfortable and a living that's comfortable. And that's something that I've, I mean, everyone struggles with. I've struggled with recently. I will continue to struggle with until I can make a living off of music. But the goal is still the same. Yep. And I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. I mean, I have other hobbies, but I've tried them out and they're like, not it, you know? Yeah. So I definitely feel lucky to have learned that though. Hell yeah. I like that. I like that. A lot. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's beautifully said. And, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, more recently, right. We've, we've all really been kind of struggling a little bit unless, unless you're like a millionaire, I guess. But, <laughs> I, <don't know>. um, <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? Maybe they're struggling too. It beats me. I'm not, I'm not, I couldn't tell you. But, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of switch over very briefly uh, we've got about nine minutes left on the clock here um but you know how has this whole uh 2020 experience as i like to call it um impacted you in terms of your music that reminds me of the justin timberlake album uh or something experience or what was it something something experience i think it yeah. was 2020 yeah, yeah okay <laughs> He predicted some he interesting did. He stuff. Did. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> he knew. 
Um, it's been interesting. I think one of my strengths that has not been shown um, is that I am a great performer and I feel very confident on stage. And it's hard to even say that because I say that to some people and they're like, what do you mean? You've never performed your own songs that you've released. But I've known for a long time, you know, I've, I've been performing since I was a kid and I know that that's where I'm comfortable. And so I get even more excited um, to perform my own songs. And so I think that that's been really interesting. And, and so that's been the biggest thing is just being like, ah, oh, got to cancel these shows and, you know, moving on to Zoom rights and stuff like that. I think that that creative space has, has shifted for sure. And that's like an interesting one. You know, someone will sing an idea and then they'll go, uh, 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 and you're like, what was that? You know, like <laughs> it's definitely, it's just an adjustment. And I, I see it as a transition time. I think the positive that the music industry has been given is some time for self-reflection and some yeah. time for what do you want as an artist? You know, because when everything's thrown in your face, it's easy to be like, I want this and I want this and I want this as an artist and I want to make money and I want to have a, st a stadium tour and I want to be Ariana Grande and have a private jet or whatever. You know what I mean? I think I've been able to be like, all right, I don't have performing. I don't have in-person rights. What do I want right now? What do I want to do right now? Who, who am I? How am I going to come out of 2020 as an artist and speak to a fan base and stuff like that? You know, so it's been really interesting. And I think like, even if you're not an artist, this time has been a self-reflective time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. For sure. And you know, it, it's, it's allowed a lot of people to kind of realign their priorities and figure out what mm -hmm. they really want. Right. You know, we talk about doing what we love every day and I've, I mean, I've seen it where some people were, you know, working that crappy nine to five that they hated and then COVID yeah. forced them to quit it. And now they're focusing on what they actually want to do and they're finding yeah. success in it. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things It's a double-edged sword, you know, it's good, it's bad because we have to stay yeah. inside and cover our faces and everything, but yeah. it's one of those things. Um, but last question um, yeah. before we uh, wrap it up here, mm -hmm. um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who um, is coming up uh, maybe a couple years behind where you are right now? Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned. And there are so many different things that I could say, but overall, that's what comes to my gut. I just, there are times I cold DM people, cold email, cold text them, and they still say no. And that's okay. You know, it's, it's not a reflection of you if someone's saying no to you. So it's kind of like, what are you going to lose? What's the worst that can happen? You're not going to die from putting yourself out there. So Great. I think that that's just the biggest piece of advice I have. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautifully said and rightfully so. Um, yeah. But um, with that being said, I will uh, let Nick kind of wrap us out here. Yes. Yeah, I will, I will leave this on the, the rap thought of what exactly what you just said of people always say no. Um, I was talking to someone the other day who is a extremely famous music artist um, probably one of the top DJs in the world. And I was talking to their story the other day and they were putting together this big investment fund. And let me tell you, mm -hmm. they are one of the biggest DJs in the world. And majority of the people they went to for investment said no. So no matter how big you get, people will always say no. So if you want to get in this industry, yep. you better be used to people saying no. Um, I will yeah. leave that as the final thought. Um, I think that's a great, great thought that everyone needs to comprehend and understand no is just yes. another opportunity to get a yes down the line. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So, you know, take that, take that with a grain of salt. Keep working. With that being said, that was an awesome episode with Dakota Riley. Yeah. Uh, we are so happy to have her on the show. Another great episode of Artist to Artist presented by Artist Public. And don't forget, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you do this week and you are in LA, Christian will hand deliver you a coffee to your apartment if you give us a five-star review. So, and if you don't get a coffee, I will give you his personal number so you can annoy him so you can get the coffee. Um, So give us a five-star rating. Uh, Let's get some free coffee from Christian and everyone have a good weekend. I spent 17 wrapped up in insecurity Looking through magazines, wondering what they had on me I thought by 22, I'd know we do it through But I'm still learning, yeah, I'm still learning Living in my head and thinking, when will I get out of it? I thought I lost them, but here come my problems, they're back again Stuck, I've been stuck, I've been so stuck in my honeys Get to